something good here. This is breaking news. What? On election day, we've got our uh, political analyst Gary Dietrich coming in in just a few minutes, and we'll break down the Indiana 6th. I'm ready to call New Hampshire's 14th. You are? Yeah. With 1% of the precincts reporting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smith. Smith. So Trump just sat Leads down. Leads by 4. 4%, 4 with 1% reporting. Mm. 4% of 1%. Smith, not a lot. Smith, very a Trumpian. Is that a referendum on the president? It clearly is. Or isn't. Uh, so Trump sat down for an interview just a few minutes ago on election day. And he was asked this question by, do we know who the reporter is? That doesn't matter, really. Somebody from the Sinclair Broadcast Group. Okay. But anyway, this reporter said, I ask Obama the same question. So this isn't a gotcha question. Um, this far into your presidency, do you have any, uh, any regret? Anything you've done differently? And here's how Trump asked, answered. Well, there would be certain things. I'm not sure I want to reveal all of them. But I, I would say tone. Uh, I would like to have a much softer tone. I feel to a certain extent I have no choice, but maybe I do, and maybe I could have been softer from that standpoint, but I want to get things done. We've had tremendous victories on trade. We've had tremendous victories on so many different things. Um, on our military, you look at what we've done with rebuilding the military, but I would say if there's anything, I think tone would be mm. perhaps something. I'm not sure that if I did that, maybe I'd be swamped, okay? You know, swamped meaning with the other side, because I wouldn't say their tone's been so nice either. But that would be something I would uh, say that I'll be working on. Interesting. On election day, yeah, he's uh, trying to bring over maybe that crowd who's worried about his tone, which is a crowd. I think if he'd started this a month ago, it might have made it might have helped with or the even, suburban moms or the even Panera, yesterday the Panera moms. I'm hearing them call Panera moms. This brought to you by Panera, obviously. Yeah, I think if you're willing to go there. If you're willing to say that for whatever reason, how about just say that Friday Yeah, and all weekend long so yeah. it gets lots of media coverage and is on all the talk shows Sunday and that sort of stuff. Well, he's a bullheaded man. Yeah. Which has worked for him. It's tough to get him to... You know, let me let me explain something to our progressive friends, and I don't expect you to switch sides or embrace Trump or anything like that, but you know what we've been talking about on an ongoing basis... That's how- a good expectation, then. Trump uh, probably a good well placed expectation. Trump didn't bring division. Division brought Trump. There is a rally in Sacramento, California, the capital of the state, on the uh, <laughs> the, the lawn of the the big beautiful Capitol building there, and uh, and it was a fairly modest collection of Republicans who were hoping to get something going and get some Republicans elected. And from absolutely every account, and I actually know some of the reporters who reported on the rally, these people were merely. Republican voters, they were screeched at for the entirety of their little rally and called Nazis and racists and threatened and and the cops had to show up to protect them for saying vote Republican because lunatics were screaming, you're Nazis, you're fascists, fascists. And if you're a Republican in America... And merely say, you know, I kind of swing that way. And people scream Nazi and fascist to you. If somebody comes along who's mean and nasty and aggressive and a bully and says, I got this, and starts bad-mouthing the left, there's enormous appeal to that. Trump didn't bring division. Division brought Trump. And I'm not saying, I'm not one of those guys, the left started the harsh rhetoric and there's plenty to blame to go around. Everybody th- but the libertarians who are busy in some meeting training utopian schemes with each other. Um, 
is is to blame for this. But come on now. These are like mom and dad Mitt Romney voters well, right. being screeched at and threatened as fascist and Nazis. I do think there's not parity currently in how violent and uh, and and crazed each side is willing to be. The problem is the right is going to meet the left at some point, and then we're really out of hand. But so I, I wish I had the clip handy. Alan Dershowitz, the Harvard Law professor, um, is on this Adam Carolla movie. And apparently he says, I heard him quoted, I haven't actually heard it, but he says, look, I'm a Democrat, I'm a progressive, I'm a Jew, I was a Clinton supporter, I'm more scared of the left than I am of the right. I think he's right. And he knows he's right. He's a liberal. He is a classic liberal, personal freedom, everybody gets free speech guy. Right, right. Yeah, in that regard, there's no denying he should be more afraid of the left than the right. Now, mentally ill guys with a gun? Well, that's a different thing. In, in recent months, it's been right-wingy mentally ill people. It was mentally ill left-wingy that, people before, but that is a different question. That's a different thing than, yeah. than, than gangs of people who show up at street corners in Portland and attack people in their cars. Right. If you're talking about the mainstream of a, of a party or just a little bit outside the mainstream, I would say God damn yeah, it. it's much, much scarier from the left. Anyway, that's... There is no right-wing Antifa. Going Yet, around. Now, there you, will be. Yeah, well, people like to talk about the white supremacists and all. That's, there's, there's, uh, that is a bugaboo meant to get you to the polls. Those people are such a small group, and they have absolutely no influence on anything. There's going to be a group that's just anti-anti-Antifa. Right. And uh, and that group is going to form, and then you're going to have, well, you're going to have roving street battles with people dead. That's what's going to happen. We already have the roving street battles. Not the dead people yet, at least not in that context. Um, but yeah, it will absolutely come. So we got Gary Dietrich, our political analyst. So let's, let's take a break, and we can talk to him when we come back. I, I, I'm sorry, with 2% in, Smith is now behind <laughs> by 6% in <laughs> the uh, New Hampshire 17th. <laughs> I called it too early. I, all I can do is apologize. Our models were wrong. Our models were wrong. <laughs> Yes, the key races to watch tonight to know if a blue wave is coming. Or you could just sit there and watch. Or not watch at all and wake up tomorrow and we'll tell you. Or find out in a week. It'll have the same effect on you. Anywho. I can't believe Nancy Pelosi is going to be speaker again. I'm not surprised Dems are taking the House back. That, that's expected. That's what happens. That's the normal thing. Um, but Nancy's going to be speaker again, a lot of people think. Really? She's almost 80. Yeah, I know. What happened and to the young is a snake? What happened to the young blood movement? Make that uh, she Guevara speaker. That'd be funny. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Smart also, and we're smart. There you go. Huh? What? It's a closing argument. I've noticed in listening to the cable news this morning that the closing arguments are incredibly blunt. The subtlety of yesterday, and I mean literally yesterday, Monday, is now gone. And now it's just the shortest, bluntest, dumb personist reaching arguments they can make. But that's fine. 
smart strategy. We've got our political analyst, Gary Dietrich, in here. Uh, thanks for coming in, Gary. You're hey. probably fairly busy today. Uh, nothing going on until, well, no, now till midnight. Is it a Trump. referendum on Trump? Dove. Is it a referendum? About, I don't know. We're going to find out. I'll, I'll tell you, what, I think I heard you guys talking about this a day or so ago. This guy has proven to be an indefatigable campaigner. <laughs> Isn't he amazing? He's I mean, the guy's, he's guys like a robot, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and if he's doing this now for the midterms, by the way, guys, have you ever seen a president out flying Air Force One for midterm elections? Never. Never. I mean, they'll, they'll tape ads and stuff like that, right? Run robo stuff. But, I mean, this thing of, like, three states in the last day, this is, like, 2020, the warm-up act. Well, I mean, he, pretty he still sounds like it's his first rally. Yeah, yeah. He, he loves this stuff. He Joe. likes it. I think that's part of it, is he oh, freaking he loves it. He, he's, you know, I mean, you took sort of, like, the great modern campaigners of our era, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. Now you got to throw Trump in there. Oh, heck I yeah. I mean, this guy heck is, yeah. he, you know, the crowds are big, you know. He, he, he seems to just feed on this stuff. So, you know, there's that. The other day he he let down um, uh, his, you know, whatever politicians put up for a moment. And he was talking about, he said, and, you know, some people say we're going to move lose the house. Maybe we will. And, you know, if we do, you know what I'll do? I'll figure it out. I'll just figure it yeah, out. Yeah, see, that so, was going to be one of my main sort of observations coming out of this thing is, do we see Donald Trump become the ultimate triangulator? Boy, he's, from the Clinton. Good point. I haven't heard anybody say this yet. From, the, from the Clinton playbook, right? Ripped out of that playbook, Clinton said, man, I got a Republican Congress. Now what do I do? He started passing all this stuff with their help, remember? Right, and right. saying, okay, the left wing of my party, I got you anyway. I'm sorry. I'm not going to pay any more attention to you for the next two years. I just think Donald Trump is tailor-made. I mean, his instincts are to cut a deal. I don't, I, you know, this whole thing, well, nothing's going to happen in the next two years if the Democrats take the House. I don't think that's the case. You know, it's, it, it, to your point, Gary, it's, it's borderline hilarious that he's often painted as this extremist ideologue when I don't think he's an ideologue much at all, except as, in as much as it helps him. I could see him being uh, very, very helpful to Democrats and very triangulating in fashioning, say, an immigration compromise yeah, or I something could, like I, that. Absolutely. I could see him and, come and, up and with, telling his right wing, hey, pipe down. Yeah, I could see him coming up with an immigration thing that really pisses off a lot of people on the right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he says to them, 20%. Yeah. And behind closed doors, he says, look, I'm looking at this at the long game. I want four more years. All these people said I'm going to run for one term and back. That's not going to happen. So I want to siphon off. What we used to call Reagan Democrats, right? Some of these moderate Democrats make myself look like a decent guy. I mean, I, I really think he's got, he's already got a strategy in mind, however today turns out. Um, what sort of person is he going to be running against? I think it's going to be informed by today's election in Florida, the governor race. Yeah, that if, was the other the, thing I was If the socialist dude beats the Trump dude, <laughs> the Democratic Party is going to say, see, we got to run a socialist. Yeah. And they are, and they're going to get walloped because <laughs> it wouldn't work nationally. I, I think you make it. That was one of my other big things today. The fascinating machinations that are going to start tonight at midnight in the Democratic Party of this exact debate, Jack. Do we take? Do we come out swinging? Do we have our version of Trump? Right, take the gloves off, find the toughest guy or gal we can, oh my just God. go uh, absolute brawl for two years. Oh or, my God! <laughs> you know, or or do we go off uh, ideological and like we need to take this country in a whole different direction? I.e., you know, a socialist. I mean, universal health care for all, all that stuff. I mean, I think the what's going to happen in the Democratic Party in the next six to 18 months is going to be fascinating to watch. And guys, I hate to remind you of this. Iowans are going to be voting 
in a little over a year's time. I hate to hear it. In 13 months, Iowans, 14 months, Iowans are casting ballots for the president. You know, that's a good point. So if you're an Iowa hotel owner, jack up your rates right now. <laughs> you know, that is a good point. We're only a year away from Iowa voting. Yeah, that's so horrifying. So if, if you want to be the if you want to be the candidate for them, you got to be moving now. And since there's going to be 32 can't Democratic candidates, you know what I mean, running uh-huh. around Iowa, I just think right now there's people buying up Iowa properties to have their people move there, and then you can get your you know get your voter because it's going to be you know just guys there's going to be we thought the Republican free for all with 20 candidates was something. I mean, are you guys thinking about running right now for president? Because you might as well put your hat in the ring. So, uh, I hate to take a superior tone. Wait a minute, I often take a superior tone. <laughs> I enjoy no, it. I expected <laughs> it at least once or twice when I was in here this morning. Uh, no, uh, hey, listen. Especially when I'm here in person, I always expect that. Go I'll, ahead. I'll let you two continue with your obsession over the presidency and Trump in a moment or two. First, though, Gary, I would like you to make the case why people should vote if they are a red vote in a blue state or vice versa. And they have no hope of picking a senator or their their congressional district is way out of whack politically. Let's talk about get your city council started. Get them voting the way you want to vote. That city councilman could get a name and be that uh, that uh, that state representative the next time around. That sort of thing. Jeez, you're sounding a lot like Gary Dietrich this morning. You know that? I'm into hey, this stuff. It's got to burble up from the bottom. No, you absolutely right. Hey, listen, there, there's a lot of actual... The, the Republicans did this. They, they got their farm system going over the last decade. And look, the next, the next elected person in Congress or your state legislature is your current county supervisor. I mean, for the most part, right? Right. 90% of them are coming up from local government. So you make an outstanding point. Thank Not you. only that. You guys but, are but, living in the past. You nominate a celebrity. You leapfrog <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> but, but, wait, but, here, but let's even take it one more step further in, yes. into the proper political ethosphere. That person's going to make decisions at the local government level. They're going to more accurately reflect how you feel about things. Mm-hmm. Right? You'll have access to them, for one yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, Well, but, I mean, they're going to make decisions about budgets and all kinds of things that you're going to agree with more if you have a say in their election. So thank you so much. You remember him as the host of HouseFlippers.com. He's your <laughs> next representative. <laughs> you know, uh, Jack uh, famously doesn't vote because he wants to maintain his neutrality. I do vote because I love America. <laughs> Um, and, that and is I outstanding. Spend, I, I don't sp- tell anybody how I can vote so I can stay nonpartisan, but I do vote, people, and make no mistake about it. I spent more time studying all the people on my ballot than I have in, in years, and I found I out so one you, fascinating really. factoid. Thank you. Um, I couldn't tell if that was sarcastic, so I'll take it. You know, it's not. Like, it's genuine. Okay. No, I spent quite a bit of time. Listen to this. There is a guy who you've got to like reappoint judges to the California Supreme Court and the district courts and all. Mm-hmm. Um there is a dude who was on my ballot. He's on, I think, every, everybody. Well, anyway, he was born in 1929. Wow. And he's going for another term as a judge. Wow. I let you do the math. He got was 71 in 2000. That's a hint. Wow. But he's Woo! got nothing on Diane Feinstein. I guess. Come on, Good man. them hang out. Hey, he's they in they end up dating. We got to go that direction before we run out of time. Dems take the House. That's the most likely situation. Yeah. Nancy actually going to be the Speaker of the House again? Well, that's the other big. That's the other big question mark. Really, I mean, th- this is this fight for the eternal soul of the Democratic Party is going to be played out at every level, including that one. And there was a lot of talk even last evening that a lot of these new Democrats that may come in on the so-called tsunami wave, 
have no interest in having Nancy Pelosi sure. represent them in their district. Their, oh, I don't know, swing district, which make no mistake about it. Just because the House may go Democratic Senate or may not, in 2020, it's all up for grabs again. It's all up for grabs again in two years. A lot of purple districts. Yeah, yeah. and so do these people want Nancy Pelosi fronting them? She brilliantly has lately been saying, I'm a transitional figure. So to get the, well, all right, let's put her in for now because she's been good at it, and then we'll we'll talk about the future. And, of course, once she has her her claws on that power, she's not going to give it up. Especially if they have a decent Democratic presidential candidate. Quick word about polls. Today we are going to find out. Has modern polling totally disintegrated right. or not? Because of the lack of local polling, Well, from what I, I hear. I just think, yeah, trying to track people down on cell phones, trying to figure out, you know, are Trump voters really hiding their intentions? I mean, all this stuff, whatever you get take the rationales to, 2016 was the wake-up call for pollsters. Today in these midterms, if they don't get this just semi-right, it's, I mean, it I don't might know. be impossible to pull from here on out because people just aren't going to answer their phones. I don't. Most people don't. You combine that with the fact that even the uh, San Francisco Chronicles, the L.A. Times, the San Diego Union Tribunes, the, like your super big metro papers, they have no budget anymore. Cause they're That's hurting. a good point, Joe. You get down to your Sacramento Bees, your Modesto Bees, your Medford uh, Register or whatever, um, they have no money to poll, so you've got to go on these generic national polls, which are practically useless. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, th- I think I heard driving in, Jack, you said something that was really important. The number of undecideds, right, are making polling exceedingly difficult. You know that How in 20- are you undecided at this point? Well, let's just say that they are. So the 23 <laughs> contested House districts, okay, I heard a lot yesterday. You know what separates overall? In, in those, one half a percent. Wow. Is how those districts could swing That's either way. 27 districts. Yeah, 23. 23, uh, of, of the ones that, 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 that uh, are considered toss-ups. The average difference between the R and the D candidate is a half a percentage point. Man, your now, I don't matters. know how you pull that. There's you, you no can't. way you get you that can't. right. You can't. And, you, you're, and it really makes your vote matter. Well, Absolutely. Thank you. Joe, you want to say a word about your vote mattering again? Gary, I'm uh, ready to call South Carolina's 23rd, if (laughs) if we have a minute. Uh, With 2%. We have one minute. Kevin McCarthy or Steve Scalise as speaker or minority Oh, wow. I don't know. Toss-up? Yeah, both strong candidates. I mean, Steve Scalise, you know, just the ethos factor, right? I mean, the emotion factor. Mm -hmm. He would be a powerful representative. But, but, you know, McCarthy has been in line for this job for a long time. So we'll see. I don't know. I I think the Republicans, after Paul Ryan, they'll do a little bit of their own soul searching. A lot of it's going to depend on, but but make no mistake about it, Donald Trump's running the show now. Political analyst Gary Dietrich, go to citizenvoice.org for great nonpartisan analysis and information. Thanks, Gary. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, after weeks of wild campaigning, it is certainly up to the voters today. Central American Caravan regrouping, and now there are at least two. And Amazon's second headquarters decision coming with a last-minute twist. Stories coming up. A last-minute twist? Oh, yeah. Shocking twist. I like a twist. It's a semi-shocking twist. It's oh, a twist. Oh, look at the twist in Indiana's 4th District with 3% reporting. Nobody saw this coming, I Jack. I just love Indiana. <laughs> Listen, everybody. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Did you see that Megyn Kelly was supposed to be the face of NBC's election night coverage? She was going to be the main anchor. 
with Chuck Todd and Savannah Guthrie and uh, Lester Holt for the NBC Evening News. She'd be good at that. She would be pretty good at that. She's not even going to be on the show at all now. <laughs> well, she her... advocated slavery, I think, wasn't yep. it? Yeah. Well, it turns out she owns several slaves. Oh, oh, is that which, uh, right? Which hurt her. But yeah, so now she's not even going to be on the show as their $75 million property or whatever. Anyway. Um, Shut up, Meg. <laughs> news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the polls are open nationwide. Voters are off and running. President Trump has been doing all he can to fire up Republican voters to try to hold off any kind of blue wave, finishing weeks of signature rallies with three of them, three of them yesterday, warning Democrats that their supposed lust for power would destroy all the gains Republicans and Trump have made for America if the GOP doesn't get out to vote. They've been trying to claw back their way into power. They're not having an easy time. The fact is, I shouldn't say this because I want to unite. I do eventually want to unite. But the fact is, we're driving them crazy. We're driving them crazy. They don't know what to do. They're going loco, loco. Uh, Some of his campaigning is that he just enjoys it. Of course, who wouldn't enjoy walking in front of 20,000 people that love you? I've never done that, but it's got to be fairly uh, fulfilling a little experience. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It seems to be pretty popular. They're loco. Musicians and, you know, actors and that sort of thing. Adoring crowds. Also out trying to rally his side, the Democrats, you got Barack Obama trying to get people out to vote because he's stressing there's a lot on the line this time around. Making sure working families get a fair shot. That's on the ballot. But most importantly, the character of this country is on the ballot. Who we are is on the ballot. I can't listen to somebody who goes horse after a week on the trail. <laughs> Give me a good, robust speaker. <laughs> Thousands of Central Americans heading to the United States have now streamed into Mexico's capital and bedded down in a sports arena on the eve of the midterm elections. They started arriving last night, and the stream has continued. By afternoon yesterday, 2,000 or more had arrived at the stadium, which has a capacity of about three times that. More immigrants apparently arriving every hour, where the plan is to regroup before marching toward the border once again. And they're in Mexico City? Yes. That's a long way from Mexico City to the border. Yep. Got another caravan of about 1,500 people that entered Mexico last week. That group includes Hondurans, Salvadorans, and some Guatemalans. And there's been another report of a third caravan, but I haven't been able to track that down definitively yet. Well, and the Department of Homeland Security is saying there are quite a few Southeast Asians and Middle Easterners and others who have mixed their way into it. Competing caravans. We've got to make it into a reality show. (laughs) Amazon's headquarters, too, may be housed in two separate cities. Wait a second. Sources telling the Wall Street Journal the massive online retailer is making sure that there'd be enough tech talent to go around, but there are also big worries amongst Amazon executives about what impact Amazon would have on the roads, transit, and housing if the secondary headquarters was located in one city. That's a hint of announce how you're going to build new roads and build new housing, if we say we're coming here. Although the faves are now D.C. and New York. And Dallas. Oh, and Dallas? And Dallas now. All right. Thrown into the mix. Okay. But anyway, yeah, this is the uh, the new twist, is they're trying to uh, figure out where they're going to move uh, all their buildings. <laughs> and new York Governor Andrew Cuomo has said, I would change my name to Amazon Cuomo if that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, well, any city ought to. 
Now, the yin and yang of retail exhibited this way. you got Amazon expanding and Lowe's shutting down more than 50 stores in the U.S. and Canada. The home improvement chain announcing it's going to close 20 underperforming U.S. stores, 31 in Canada early next year, so they, too, can regroup. I've been underperforming for years. You can do it. Under Armour is no longer going to be bankrolling strip club visits by their employees. Wall Street Journal says the company has put a stop to its long-standing policy of allowing such charges for executives and clients on company credit cards. Under Armour had said in a statement that it hopes to provide a respectful and inclusive workplace and that inappropriate behavior is not acceptable. What brought that about? The change? Or the original policy. Either yeah. one. Yeah. That's I, very odd. Original policy probably just evolved, and the change was probably because somebody was threatening legal action, I'm sure, somewhere along the line. Anyway, that's a look at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So you can't tear down the Catholic Church, apparently, uh, to deal with their sexual abuse problem that seems to go through and through. Well, you can. So far, not. You can with USA Olympics gymnastics. Apparently, you can just tear the whole dang thing down, and it looks like that's what they're going to do to try to get that fixed. And it goes deep on how many people were involved in covering this thing up. It's really maddening. It is indeed. It sounds like the move toward reform may be starting in earnest. We'll find out from Steve Kastenball coming up. Plus a bunch of non-election-y stuff. Report on Common Care, uh, Common Core. Millennials versus Xennials. Uh, what? We're not slicing it thin enough, apparently. What's Is that Generation Z, or is that a different name for Generation Z, or is that it younger than Generation Z? I don't remember. Which one's Generation Z? That's the one after Millennials, I think. Like younger than Millennials? I think so. No, it's the opposite. It's your older millennials. Older millennials. Oh, okay. Okay. Please don't I compare see. me to these weirdos. I, I see. Okay. Don't group me with these weirdos. 37-year-old's different than a 25-year-old. Yes. Clearly. Uh, well, yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. when we found out that USA Gymnastics had a doctor for all these little girls, these little girls we'd been watching on the Olympics for years, and, uh, you know, and cheering on and other girls idolizing them the whole time. Turned out they had a doctor who was a complete freaking perv. Well, he got to sent to prison for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those who aided and abetted him are... In a different way, every bit is troubling. Oh, in absolutely. In the same way that the many, many who engaged in the conspiracy of silence and continue to in the Catholic Church are a, a different but incredibly important problem to deal with. Boy, bureaucracies are just, they just grow corruption. They grow amorality. Well, they, they pervert morality till, be, till the priority becomes protecting the bureaucracy, as, as we've observed many, many times. But one of the non-election day stories on this election day, which we've got a lot more on coming up in just a few minutes, is uh, they're tearing down USA Olympics, uh, gymnastics anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
And we'll have reporter Steve Kastenbaum in a second about that. Also, we'll get to uh, another viral public shaming episode and how those work and how they don't work and how you ought to start ignoring them. How that is America's pastime is really not a good road to go down. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Here he is. We got him. A little thumbs up would be helpful. No, we don't have him. Okay, never mind. We have nothing. Hey, Sean. And we'll like it. Hey, Sean, keep your eye open for any any stories about problems at polling places or any of that sort of stuff because there still is out there that story of you know does russia the the, the blow out one precinct's voter roll yeah. on the computers and everybody shows up and their name's not there there was a liberal activist in texas who was posting and encouraging other people to post the fact that she went in for early voting and that she voted for beto o'rourke and she got to the end and looked and her vote was recorded as for ted cruz and a number of people were reporting the same, and they looked into it, and it was a hoax. Oh, really? So you already have that sort of Dang seeding it. the ground with narratives going on. and Dang it. That yeah, does not help anything. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It's like the uh, people who have been prosecuted lately for making stuff up about Judge Kavanaugh. So it's, yeah, I'm sorry, I made it up. That's a damaging crime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're not the sort of crazy people that, that hurts people, shoots people, or sends bombs, but that's pretty crazy. That's a pretty stupid thing to do, thinking not being able to think through that you'll be found out. But at any rate, Steve Kastenbaum joins us uh, talking about the USA Olympics situation and specifically gymnastics, it should say. Uh, Steve, uh, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Sounds Uh, like a complete restructuring is in order. Tell us about it. That's essentially what's happening here. The the USA uh, Olympic Committee is telling the... USA Gymnastics uh, body that uh, we're taking the first steps towards decertifying you. And essentially, the people who run USA Gymnastics at this point are left with the decision, uh, do we fight this or do we accept this and and step aside for the betterment of the sport, uh, for the good of gymnasts around the world, not just in the United States, but primarily in the United States, and step aside and admit that there needs to be a restructuring, that there needs to be a new body overseeing and and being governing uh, USA Gymnastics. Well, so the Pervo doctor's in jail for the rest of his life, but there were a number of people that were at, l- at least somewhat aware that the Pervo doctor was doing his thing, and they and they covered it up for years. Are those people still around? Have they have they gotten all those people out of there? There are a few people in the organization that uh, gold medalist Olympians. Uh, like like Ali Raisman has said, are culpable uh, and should be out. And then you had recently, they had another embarrassment uh, with an interim leader, in, uh, an interim CEO, uh, took over, and uh, she's uh, former U.S. Representative Mary Bono. I'm sure you may have seen the story about this, where she was at um, a fundraiser golf tournament, and she posted an image of herself uh, um, basically covering over the Nike swoosh logo on her golf shoes <clears throat> because of the controversy over Colin Kaepernick uh, uh, appearing in an ad campaign. And here she was, you know, the head of USA Gymnastics. And, you know, they, they rely on Nike uh, as a sponsor, for one, for some of its athletes. But also, you know, here she is uh, weighing in and making a political statement as the head of uh, what's supposed to be an apolitical Sports uh, Association, so she stepped down after doing that. It's they, they, They've just had one problem after another. 
in an atmosphere where Nike, which is a critical sponsor of that apolitical organization, makes a strongly political statement. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I can't believe that has injected itself into something that is, you know, a real problem. They clearly, clearly to me, had people involved in the organization who are willing to turn a blind eye to uh, little girls being preyed upon by a perv because they didn't want to lose their cool gig. Uh, why this Nike thing got involved in it at all is, is a mystery to me, and I'd like to move past it. Well, um, right, because some well, of the aggrieved know, gymnasts right, though, the, feel like that was a, a bad thing, and because they are now the voice of morality for right, the organization right, they're right. listened to. So how are they going to restructure? How is it going to be rebuilt? It remains to be seen, and this this is just the first step in what would be a long process. And, huh. and if the people who are on the board of USA Gymnastics right now if they do uh, step aside uh, and and allow the United States Olympic Committee to, uh, you know, move in and then restructure the organization or something along those lines, it's not clear how that would happen yet. It, it, this is very early on in the process, uh, but you know, the goal is still that uh, gymnasts across the United States are still able to compete. They're still uh, able to find support with a training uh, network that's out there and that is funded. So you know they want to do this without um, without having any sort of negative impact on gymnasts on athletes across the country in the process. Right, and I understand that is a real source of uh, of stress. Uh, the the kids and the parents who are currently involved in climbing up the ladder and seeing their Olympic dream within reach and are very very nervous about a complete restructuring. And so they're a voice for a little status quoism, sure. from what I understand. And I get that. And it is, from a gymnastic standpoint, it's been an unbelievably successful organization. Well, right. Yeah. Won a lot yeah. of gold medals. Right, right. And a lot of victims. Steve Kastenbaum, Westwood One. Hey, Steve, thanks a million. Well done. My pleasure. Anytime. It seems to me what they're trying to do is they're, they're thinking, we got to get all these people out of here. We don't either have the the evidence or want to take the time to get the evidence to like actually try to prosecute them and force them out of their jobs. I mean, so let's just let's just burn it to the ground. Start over with new people. Right. Have some sort of star chamber to approve of the people if they've had any involvement in gymnastics in the past. Right. Because you probably want some people who have who can hit the ground running. One of the gold medals hit the ground vaulting. Stick the landing. One of our gold medal winning uh, young women. Um, I saw speaking the other day. I don't remember her name, but she had she retired at this point, but she was on the board or she would sit in on the meetings. And uh, and this was after the scandal had already broken. And the new guy in charge actually said in one of the meetings, I'm not so big on the whole believing every gymnast that comes forward thing. He said that in a meeting and this gymnast herself, who had been abused by the Pervo doctor herself, mm-hmm. left the meeting and went into the bathroom and threw up. She was so upset oh over this God. guy, clearly wanting to continue to cover up the whole damn thing. Wow. Then you have the weird thing with Sonny Bono's ex-wife, the Congress lady getting involved. Cher? In, get, <laughs> yes, nope. Cher. The, the latest one. Uh, Mary Bono. Uh, Cher's in, still crying over the election of Trump. Getting involved in the Nike thing, and Simone Biles, the most decorated gymnast of all time, gold medal winner for the United States. And again, the world championships just now, just recently. Yeah, maybe the greatest gymnast who's ever lived. Anyway, she specifically said she wasn't cool. She's black. She wasn't cool with uh, their new leader, Mary Bono, making Covering a, her Nike logo, yeah. Saying she was against Nike. So it became all about the politics, the kneeling, not kneeling, sporting black, black lives. It became about that. But... 
she's got a lot of power, and now they're leaning more toward the power being with the gymnasts and with the organization, which in overall I'm fine. But how the freaking Nike issue ended up in this? And like you said, so Nike makes an overtly political statement. If you respond with anything that's politics, you lose your job. Right. All right. Unless it's the politics that uh, Simone Biles agrees with. Then you'd be fine. Frankly. And that's not to make her some sort of bad person, but that is a rough description of the way the power flows in the organization right now. Sure. It's just odd to me that that ended up being an issue at all. You know, I remember when, you know, people would kick around in their hometown. They'd do their thing. They'd play baseball. They'd play basketball. they'd, They'd be gymnasts or whatever. Then they'd hold tryouts, and the very best of them would make the major leagues or get in the Olympics or or what have you. And now it's all so professionalized and so structuralized. This pipeline to Olympic glory or major league or NFL glory or whatever. These kids are made into their, their, their cannon fodder for the sports machine. And a lot of them enjoy it, and it's rewarding for them. I'm not saying it's entirely evil, but the professionalization of youth sports has led to all sorts of evils. And if you're a swimmer or a gymnast, and that's two of the biggest ones we got in the whole country. Or a volleyball player. Or a volleyball player, you get sexed up by as a child. Right. Teenager. Unbelievable. Sure. Yep. Uh, What are the issues that matter in various parts of the country on this election day? We can hit you with that sort of of stuff, and we're taking a look at Indiana's 6th District. And why you should just stay the hell out of the whole viral public shaming business. It's dumb. Good one.